The epistle for this 20th Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Brethren, see that you walk circumspectly, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, do not become unwise, but understanding what is the will of God. And do not be drunk with wine, wherein is luxury, but be you filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual canticles, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God and the Father, being subject one to another in the fear of Christ. Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel is taken from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of St. John. At that time, there was a certain ruler whose son was sick at Capernaum. He, having heard that Jesus was come from Judea into Galilee, went to him and prayed him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Jesus therefore said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you do not believe. The ruler says to him, Lord, come down before my son dies. Jesus says to him, Go thy way, thy son lives. The man believed the word which Jesus said to him and went his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him, and they brought word, saying that his son lived. He asked therefore of them the hour wherein he grew better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father therefore knew that it was at that same hour that Jesus said to him, Thy son lives, and he himself believed and his whole household. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, it is a good and holy thing to get married. Since I arrived here, I've spoken several times about the pursuit of a religious vocation or the pursuit of the priesthood. But realistically, I know that the number of those who are called to religious life is few. And those who will choose to pursue the religious life is necessarily going to be few, the majority are called to the married state. This is the reason why I want to encourage young people to get married in today's sermon and also to assist their parents to prepare their children for matrimony, for holy matrimony, because marriage is a holy thing that is of God. We know that God designed the human race and that he made in the human race, for there to be two complementary uh, genders, male and female, and he gave humans one and only one way to bring new life into this world, and that is through the union of a man and a woman. He made it, therefore, that all people who come into this world, they have both a father and a mother, and he, he made us psychologically dependent upon that father and mother. He made it such that we need our father and our mother to have a lifelong commitment to themselves, to one another, for us to be able to develop properly. That is why um, God, we may say, instituted this state of marriage at the same time that he created the human race. Um, marriage is an essential part of God's plan for human beings. That is why we must revere and honor marriage. That is why we must foster marriage and protect marriage. 
And that is why young people should want to form their own family. They should be convinced that by doing so, they are following a plan that's been laid out by God for the human race from the beginning of time. Besides this, young people should also have a desire to build up the kingdom of God. Society needs good Catholic families. The society needs husbands and wives who are God-fearing. They need uh, husbands and wives who bring up their children with a, a great respect for what God has established. Heaven also needs good Catholic families. God asks the father and the mother of each family not just to make a con contribution to earthly society by bringing children into the world and sort of populating society, but also to make a contribution to the society of heaven, the eternal society. Catholic parents are meant to fill up heaven. They are meant to lead their children to holiness and so lead them to the salvation of their souls. And this is the most glorious thing that God created families for, um, that they fill up heaven, fill up the, the seats left empty in heaven by the fallen angels to give eternal happiness to human beings. And I want to be straightforward with you and confess frankly that I don't, I don't think that we have as many marriages as we should. And this is something that concerns me. I'm able to, even though I've only been here a year, I'm able to look at, at our register and, and see the marriages that have taken place here basically from, from the beginning of this place. Um, and I, I, I think they're, they're not heading in the right direction, not going up as, as they should. As our parish grows, the number of marriages are not increasing. Um, I, that's the first thing I noticed, that there's not enough marriages. And the second thing that I noticed is there's, there's the marriages that take place between our actual parishioners are very few. The marriages that do take place often are not between our own parishioners. Usually there's one parishioner and then someone from the outside. As a result, we don't have many young couples here. We're very much uh, a middle-aged parish. Um, and that's, that's why we need there to be more marriages, and especially good and holy marriages between our own faithful. And as I say, I speak to you very frankly about that. I would like to encourage such marriages. At the same time, I don't feel like I'm really in the best position to speak on this topic because of the fact that I've spent 10 out of the 14 years of my priesthood at a seminary. I mean, this, the, the seminary is not about getting people married, that's for sure. Um, I did one marriage in 10 years in, in Australia of, and of, of an older couple. Um, so that's why, um, thinking about this topic, I called up one of the senior priests of the Society of St. Pius X just to get his insight. He's known in society circles as being an expert on this topic. And I wanted to pass on to you today some of his insights and also some thoughts of my own on some obstacles that might keep uh, young people from getting married. Um, and really these, these thoughts are mainly for the parents um, because of the fact that the parents are, are the primary agents in uh, preparing their children to marry and, and uh, enabling their children to go out into this world, establish 
a successful family and a successful marriage. So I, I will speak firstly to the parents, then secondly to um, the, the youth themselves. So one thing I said to, to Father Smith, I'm not going to give his real name, but we'll just call him Father Smith. So I, I said to him, you know, something I've noticed in my priesthood that's kind of interesting is that when you look at all the families that exist in tradition, what you find is that there's some uh, children of some families are, are very able to, to go out and get married. They're, they have a knack for getting married, the children of some families. While the children of other families, they find it very difficult to get married. The few of the children get married, or if they do get married, it's they're, they're in their 30s or, or their 40s by the time that they get married. I'm just curious, I said to, to Father Smith, why, why is this the case? What are the, the one parents doing that the other parents are not doing, and, and vice versa? So he said to me, he mentioned really three things that might make for success or failure when parents are bringing up their children uh, in order to prepare their children for the married state. The first thing he said is that it's so important that a married couple be happy in their marriage for their children to want to be married. If the children, when they're growing up, they have a happy experience at home and they see in, in their family um, something that's it's very nice and, and, and beautiful, they will want to do the same thing. They will want to form a family like the family that they have lived in um, during their, their childhood. Whereas if their family life is miserable, that may turn the children off from the idea of getting married. They're, they're like, okay, if this is what family life is like, I don't want to have any part of it. I, I really don't want to do this. Or they may not even think that they, they have what it takes. If, if this is sort of the, the, the type of family that my parents established, will I have the ability to establish a good family? Secondly, he said, it's, it's so important for parents to make their children responsible and accountable. The modern style of parenting, which has um, produced this generation of millennials who are known for, for not really being able to take on a lot of responsibility, is that parents do absolutely everything for their children. Um, and then when their children grow up, they're just not ready for life. They're, they're immature. They don't know how to handle money. They don't possess the life skills that are necessary for them to establish themselves in this world. And as, as such, they're not really in a position to uh, make a lifelong commitment to a person. Um, they're not, they don't even have a desire to do so. The, the, just the whole prospect of forming a family seems too big for them in their current state of maturity. So it's so important for parents to hold children accountable and to be measuring the progress of the children in their life skills, their ability to take on life-size responsibilities. Then thirdly, related to this is, is the fact um, that parents, it's so important for, for parents to have a, a personal relationship with their children. Um, th this seems so obvious, but in, in practice, what parents can tend to do is, is to tell their children, do this, do that, um, to, to issue this sort of commands such that they, they enforce a certain behavior in their children. At the same time, they're not really conversing with their children, not discussing big life affairs with their children. 
Um, they're, they're not in the habit of sitting down with their, especially their teenage children as they get older and talking to them in an adult fashion and, and saying to them, you know, this is what life is like. Um, these are the sort of things you will experience as an adult. Um, let me can sort of pass on to you my own wisdom, um, my own experiences, so that you, when you face them, you will know how to handle them. And, and of course, there's, there's so many different areas of life um, upon which adolescents need advice. And if the parents are, are speaking to them in, in an adult manner, um, it's almost like they're, they're giving them their first experience of an adult relationship. When a married couple obviously live together, uh, the, one of the major things that has to take place is they're able to talk about everything and talk about them in a, in a mature, reflective, uh, supernatural way. But if parents are always do, already doing that with their adolescents, they're in the habit of speaking to them about the major topics, then the, the children themselves, the adolescents themselves, are forming in their mind how to interact in an adult way with another. And at the same time, they're, they're getting this view of, of what they're going to experience in life and how to be successful in the truest sense. So if the, the parents are not doing that, they're just issuing commands and enforcing behavior, then the children have to learn things uh, 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 all by themselves or from their friends. They have to learn everything um, from someone else. And, and secondly, they, when they have a question, when they have something they, they want to talk about that's big, uh, they will not go to their parents. They don't even think about going to their parents because their parents never even talk to them about these things. They're not comfortable asking advice from their parents. And it's here especially we see that parenting is an art. Parents have to know how to prepare their children for life and particularly to prepare them for their life's vocation. They must gradually enable their children to take on more and more responsibility and gradually speak to them in a more mature and adult way. It's an art because there's this continual adjustment that has to be made by parents as their children get older. You can't have a sort of one-size-fits-all parenting style to, to where, um, for instance, you know, you're, you're treating your adolescents exactly the same way you're treating your five-year-olds or your 10-year-olds. So th these three things, um, according to Father Smith, are very important. The, the, the couple needs to be happy in their marriage. They, they must make their children responsible and accountable, and they must be in the habit of speaking to their children about life topics. But let me also remark briefly that besides the fact that children of some families are quite successful in marriage, while children of others are not, I've also noticed that there's, there's some families where, where the boys seem to have no problem getting married, but the girls have a problem getting married, or vice versa. The, the girls are able to get married, but the boys are not able to get married. And there may be many reasons for this, but, but let me just say, um, yes, according to, to Father Smith, that, that if the boys are getting married but not the girls, it can be because perhaps the parents are too picky. Um, often the parents are, are more judicious and careful about who their girls marry than their boys, Let's face it, boy, girls are generally more interested in, in marriage than, than boys are. 
Um, they they want to get married, but, but the parents can be overprotective for their girls. They can be very picky, and when a young man starts to express certain interests in one of the girls, the parents might put up a force field uh, around their girl, and you know she just ends up becoming an old maid because of the fact that um, they, whenever the, the boy starts to approach closer, the, the, the parents always step in and, and do not let um, anyone show interest in their daughters, even though you know he may be a traditional Catholic, but they're just like saying, well, you know, I, I don't know, he, he, he may have this or that quality they don't like. If, if the girls are getting married but not the boys, it can be because uh, of the bad example of their father. If the father has no, no drive or no motivation, if he, he's, he doesn't, um, if he's lazy, he doesn't help out around the house, he's always seeking his own amusement, uh, he, he's just not living his marriage with a, a good level of responsibility, then the boys will, will just not be inspired to pursue anything beyond uh, the pleasures of this world or anything that requires a real commitment on their part. And as I say, boys have to be more motivated than girls to get married. Uh, boys generally are more likely to take the easier path and not strive for excellence. Um, boys are, are naturally lazy. So if they're not getting this good example of a spirit of sacrifice from their father, uh, they will set their sights very low. So I'm not saying these things with, with anyone here in mind. I'm only speaking of general patterns, as I say, just, just speaking to another priest about things that, that would be noticed in any parish. I'm only wanting to provide some insights to parents on how they might prepare their children for successful marriages in the future. And there's, there's a whole lot more that could be said on this topic. There's many more reasons why this or that person uh, might not be getting married. I can't consider every situation, but I hope that at least there's a few ideas here that might be of assistance. As for the youth, you know, I just want to encourage the youth, first of all, to desire to enter into the state of marriage. As I've said, I mean, marriage is a good and a holy thing. It, it's every Catholic, practicing Catholic, should have a certain desire, a certain dream of forming their own family. Um, if that is your calling in life, you should want to do that. Secondly, I want to encourage you to believe that, that you do have what it takes to form a lifelong relationship with someone of the opposite sex. Um, I, think, I think for all of us as adults, we're able to look back on our family, we're able to see, okay, you know, this, this aspect was, was very good. Um, this other aspect of my upbringing was not so good. But regardless of, of what the good and, and what the bad was that we've all experienced, and I'm certainly in that category, um, what we have to do is, is to use those experiences, both good and bad, to form our own idea of the kind of family we would like to have. And then actually, through that reflection, um, plan for the family that, that we want to form. One of the things that, that Father Smith lamented was the cases he's seen where, where a couple spends a lot more time on their wedding, planning their wedding, than they do planning their marriage. They're thinking much more about the day. They, they spend tons of time thinking about the day they get married. They don't think so much about their life together, and they're not planning for that. And so what he, he recommends is that young people 
even before they met somebody, that they, they draw up three lists. The first list would just be a list of the qualities that, that you would desire in a future spouse. And he insists that, that the young person should put on the list anything that comes to mind, that they not edit themselves, even the most ridiculous things. You know, I mean, if you, if you want someone who likes cats, we'll put that down. Um, if you want someone who hates fast food, we'll put that down. Whatever comes to your mind, you just put it down in this list. And the second list is, is like the first, um, the list of the things that you would not like to have in a future spouse, the qualities of the future spouse that you want to be absent, not present in that future spouse. Um, like, you, you know, you don't want someone who snores or you don't want someone who has like a nasal voice. What, whatever comes to your mind, you just put it down in that list. And then after you've, it could, it could take a month, it could take, you know, a, a certain period of time for you to make up these two lists. However, t- whatever time it, it makes, it, you know, it, just take that time. Um, but then he says, once you've done these two lists, you need to go back over all those qualities that you put, and then you put a star by the deal breakers, by by those things. You're like the 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 person absolutely has to have these qualities, or the the person must not have these other qualities. I mean, hopefully you put a star by the fact that they 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 need to be a traditional Catholic. They they need to be practicing the faith. A girl might say, you know, he has to have a stable job. He, he must not be addicted to pornography, you know, or, or, or whatever. But I mean, if he snores, I, I don't think that's a deal breaker. I think, I think we can, we can live with that uh, in, in the long run. Then finally, after forming a clear idea of the sort of person you would want to marry, you make a third list, and, and this, this he says is the most important list of all, and that is, what qualities do I need to have in order to attract such a person? I am now, now sort of visualize what kind of person I want as a spouse. Well, what kind of person do I need to be in order to attract that, that kind of, of a person? And well, I would reasonably expect that such a person would want to marry me. So, my dear faithful, this question of of marriage is a very important one. We have to pray to God each day for many holy Catholic families. Uh, Parents need to prepare their children well for their future life by by having that happy home, by setting a good example for their children as, as husband and wife, by teaching their children responsibility, and by speaking to them in an adult way about the important topics. Youth, meanwhile, the youth must have a desire to make their contribution to society by forming good and holy Catholic families. They have to be inspired by the fact that every Catholic marriage is a sacrament and every Catholic marriage is a symbol of the union between Christ and his church. Every, cu- every couple is supposed to represent the qualities of the union between Christ and his church. It's true that our times are, are unstable and uncertain, um, but that must not keep young people from believing that they're able to form a good Catholic family and to, you know, plan for their future and to have that, that happy future, to, to construct their dreams and actually execute their dreams. And so, my dear faithful, let us pray for this intention. Let us include 
that saying that when we, when we ask for a holy priest and we ask for, for holy religious vocations, let us also say, Dear Lord, please grant us many holy Catholic families. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.